around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everybody. We're so glad you've joined us today. Um, Terry and Renee Mize here, and we are delighted to be with you and minister to you from the Word of God. Just give you some wonderful stuff after uh, 51 years of ministry, darling. It's been a while. (laughs) Um, You know, there's so much information that um, you can collect in half a century of experience and uh, watching the power of God and the work of God be edified and built up uh, as it's supposed to be by the ministry that Jesus said he sent back to the earth of apostles, which is like our modern-day missionary, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers of the Word of God that will build up and train the, the Christian how to do the work of the ministry. So I want you to just take off and just share here, darling, a little bit about all those wonderful things that you did and what God showed you through the Word of God and how you you just launched out into some of those things like we were talking about in the book of Acts. Sure. Well, you know, uh, the Spirit of God spoke to me at age 13, and he said, uh, you're a missionary. I was at church one night on a Wednesday night and praying at the altar, and I got up and left the altar, started back to my seat as church was starting, and the Lord said, you're a missionary. <clears throat> Didn't say another That's word. so wonderful. But it set the tone right. and the pace uh, and the purpose of my life for the rest of my life. I, I always felt like maybe I had a leg up or an advantage right. because most 13-year-old <laughs> kids don't have a clue no, that's what right. they're going they to do when they grow up. And, of course, I was going to be a, you know, a it ruined all the plans my parents and grandparents had for what schools I'd go to and right. what I'd do. And and uh, my granddad had even started a business already with my name and his name on it. And I was expected to go in business with him. And I was so close to my grandparents, I was excited about that. Sure. But once God said, you're a missionary, right? then I knew the rest of my life that's what I would do. And my the life. hardest thing I ever did in my life was go to my granddad and say, granddad, um, I can't be in business with you, and uh, this plan we've had isn't going to wow. work because God told me I'm a missionary, and uh, that's what I'll do the rest of my life. My and so I, I left at age 18 because uh, mom and dad wouldn't let me leave at 13, you know, <laughs> uh, or 14, 15, 16, or 17. But at 18, as soon as I turned 18, I took off for the jungles of Panama, and I lived in a uh, uh, in the jungle. Uh, with an Indian tribe that didn't wear clothes. Right. And we lived wildcat style, no catch, no eat. If I shot a monkey, we ate monkey. If I shot a pig, we ate pig. If I shot a parrot, we ate parrot. If I didn't shoot anything, we didn't eat anything. <laughs> and so uh, uh, that was uh, my, that was the beginning 51 years ago. My goodness. Uh, going to the mission fields. And, you know, I've never come home. I'm still a missionary. No, that's right. And it's uh, the legacy and the life uh, continue to live on. And we are so grateful for that. Just the things that I've seen in the last several years here, after knowing Terry for 45 of those 51 years, I have seen the power of God, principles of the Word of God, actually put to use. And that was what really impressed my first husband and I, Dean Garner, into knowing that the Word of God, lived by a life of faith, would really be the way that God wanted every Christian to live. Oh, and if you, could, if you could do that in a foreign nation, <laughs> then we knew we could do it in America. Sure. You know, sure. and preach the Word of God. And so when we, when we met you and he- heard about how your life had began 
and where God had started you from and where you were just in 1974, you know. Sure. All of those we great met things. in 1974. Yeah, we met I, in 1974. I left in 1968 to go to the mission That's bills. right. That's right. And by the time we met you, you had already gone uh, to that to the Panama come back and realize God wanted you healed and well and you didn't have to die to be a missionary. True. You'd had firsthand experience of um, how not to die <laughs> on the mission field and then came home and you and Jackie got married and left for Mexico. No, that's absolutely true. Actually, we got uh, uh, drafted also. Yes, that's always such an interesting story. I got drafted the U.S. Army on my, on my wedding day. Oh, so my we did goodness. have to take two years off uh, that we thought right. we were going to be in the mission fields right. and had two years in the Army. But uh, since you mentioned Dean and Jackie, right. for those of uh, those that don't know us, um, uh, my wife Jackie uh, and I were married forty-four years. That's right. Your husband Dean Garner That's right. and you were married forty-four years. Yeah. Uh, I tell people we've been married ninety-two years because <laughs> they were married forty-four. I was married forty-four. That's eighty-eight. Right. And then we've been married four years, almost five next month. Five years. And uh, next so month. we've been. So that makes ninety-two years. Uh, so, uh, yeah. but anyway, I wanted to let people know that uh, Dean. Um, after a, after an illness, went on to heaven, and the very next year, That's Jackie right. went to heaven. wasn't anything wrong with her? She right. just went to sleep one night and didn't wake up. Uh, woke up in heaven, and so uh, uh, you know, Brother Copeland tells me that she left me for a better man, <laughs> uh, meaning Jesus. If you didn't get that, but yeah, uh, but sure anyway, Dean you. left, Jackie <laughs> left, and uh, and after forty four years of ministry and marriage for you, and right. all those years of ministry and marriage for me, they just left us with lemons. Yeah, uh, and we got married and made lemonades, <laughs> but we had also been best friends, like you said, right, for right. at that time forty years. Now forty-five years, right. uh, because we met in nineteen seventy-four uh, at Lakewood Church, the great Lakewood Church. John Osteen, Joel's daddy, right? Uh, John and Dodie Osteen, uh, every year for numbers of years, put on a, a, a Thanksgiving. Missions convention. Missions convention, and the best ever. Oh, it's wonderful. Yes. And in 1974, you were actually the organist right. at Lakewood Church, and Dean was John's associate, was associate, associate pastor That's right. at Lakewood Church. And Jackie and I blew in there, blew in there as missionaries right. uh, to come to the missions convention, and we met at that convention in, right. in Thanksgiving of '74, and we've been fast friends ever since. That's Dean right. was my best friend, my hunting buddy, my fishing buddy. Uh, we took family vacations together, yes. fa uh, ministry trips together. Right. Uh, our kids all grew up together. We're in each other's weddings, you know. And <laughs> in fact, your youngest daughter, Abigail, right. who's now 32 and a mother of three, uh, Jackie and I were there the day she was born. Right. And you asked us to be her godparents. I remember it vividly. So, uh, so yeah, you were there. And uh, you asked us to be her godparents. So all her life, I've been Abigail's godfather right. and she's always called me papa right and um so um now i'm her stepdad <laughs> and pretty soon i'll be my own grandpa but uh so we have a long the mize right. and garner families have a long long history yes and a I'm... wonderful history and uh, so anyway they left us dean left us jackie left us and so we got married and uh, we you what i think so neat is you and dean were pastors of a great church in Corpus right, Christi, Texas, right. for 38 years. 38 years. And uh, you it's all amazing. supported Jackie and I in missions. Right. So, I mean, every month you cut a check and sent That's us right. to, and for many, many years, you all gave us $1,000 a month, which that's is right. a big, uh, that's a big offering that's back big in the offering 80s. Back Not many churches do that today, and here we are right. in 2019. Right. Uh, but, but you all supported us faithfully, and uh, I think it's so neat that now, you are harvesting yourself. Isn't that something? The offerings well, that you invested all those many years, for right. 40 years, 
you invested in our in our life and our ministry, sent us around the world in missions, and well, you were a pastor's wife doing that, and now you're a missionary's wife reaping the very that's a big switch re, <laughs> reaping the very harvest of the thing you invested into. No, that's right. <clears throat> I, you know, we we just look at at the surroundings of where we are now and what the you know market will bear in our situation here. Um, and, and serving God in the 21st century. And you find yourself in a whole other set of circumstances of ones you thought were going to work out, and now uh, you're in a whole different you know, ball game. And, uh, and how is God going to fix all of that and make all that work for his kingdom? And I've just been in awe of um, how God led me for, to leave home at 17 and go away to work my way through Bible college uh, for three solid years and graduate get married, have children, uh, work there at Lakewood, my home church in Shreveport, Louisiana, back to Lakewood again, and then met Terry and Jackie, and then we went on down to Corpus Christi and began our church in 1978. And many of those years, just so often, uh, Terry would come, he and Jackie and the children would come uh, to our church, and they would come fresh off the mission field and give, tell us such wonderful stories about the miracles and the crusades and the marvelous things that God had done through them while they were traveling around the world with four children. Let's and, talk uh, about miracles for a few minutes, because otherwise you, time's going to get away from us. I want you to tell them that. I, I love the, the story right. in Acts chapter 2, where the day of Pentecost has come. Jesus right. has now left, gone to heaven told the disciples to go to the upper room and tarry there till they receive the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit's come. The 120 in the upper room received the Holy Spirit. And so Peter, now full of the Holy Ghost for the first time ever. Always makes the difference. Now, 50-something 50 50 <laughs> days ago, he was a coward. He was a coward. 50-something wow, days ago, Peter cursed amazing. and three times denied he knew Jesus. I don't right. know the man. I don't know And he him. was a coward. Oh, wow. And then he backslid and left and said, I go efficient. <laughs> and needed me and I go fishing like Dean and I used to say when we go fishing we, we mean we're going to go out here and drown some worms we'll be back after a while right. Peter meant I was a professional fisherman when you found me and this didn't work this three and a half years didn't work so I'm going back to what I used to do and uh, I've actually had people come to me and say, Brother Terry, I don't think Peter backslid. I said, oh yeah he did I can, I can prove it to you in the scripture because in the last chapter of the book of Mark it says that the women came to the tomb Right. after Jesus was buried the women came to the tomb and uh, the tomb was open. The rock was rolled away. And there was an angel there. And, and the women said, what's going on? And he right. said, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here, but he's risen. That's one of the great questions of Isn't the Bible. Great? <laughs> and then he made this statement. He said, go tell his disciples and Peter that he's risen. That angel didn't even wow. consider Peter an, an apostle anymore, a disciple Evidently. anymore. You'd have yeah. thought he had him on speed dial as disciple number one. Right. You'd have thought he'd have been included when they said, go tell the disciples. Oh, yeah, Peter's number one. No, no, no. The, the angel had already scratched him off the list and said, go tell his disciples. Oh, by the way, tell Peter, too, that he's risen. My, my, my. But now Peter's not a coward anymore. <laughs> Jesus has risen. He's, he's spent 40 days yes, with them. big change. And uh, he's gone to heaven now, and he's yes. told them to go into Jerusalem to the upper room and wait for the Holy Ghost to My come on goodness. them. And so now Peter in what chapter 2 of Acts stands life. up and preaches to that great crowd in Jerusalem, preaches his first message full of the Holy Ghost. And he said, Ye men of Israel, 
Wow. Hear these words, Acts 2.22. <laughs> yes. Hear these words. And he said, our wicked rulers have taken Jesus and crucified him, but the ground couldn't hold him, the grave couldn't hold him, and he, he's risen again. And, uh, and, and and the Bible says their hearts were pricked. Were pricked. It was like a pen would prick your hand. Uh, whenever Peter preached, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit pricked their hearts, and 3,000 people, Renee, got saved. My, Peter's my, first my. sermon under the, with the power That's of the phenomenal. Holy Ghost, 3,000 people got miracle. saved. And uh, they said, well, men and brethren, what, what can we do? Can we and do? he said, repent, repent and be saved, be born again. And so 3,000 were born again. But then just a couple of days later, he and uh, John, Peter and John, my went goodness. into the, to the temple. You know, you know, in the Old Testament, um, I say often that I miss the Old Testament because in the Old Testament, you had to go to church. That's right. I mean, you didn't have a choice. It was the law. You went to church. You went to church. So, uh, and I kind There's of miss no that. You know? I do too. No yeah. argument about it. You went to church. And so Peter and John had been in that temple who knows how many times how, in their lifetime. Yeah, really, really. And, and at that gate, the beautiful gate of the temple, was sitting a crippled man. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4 and verse 22 that he was over 40 years old. And he's been there all his life. It says he's crippled from his mother's womb. And he's a well, professional man. beggar because uh, every day they carried him. Somebody carried him every day. That's what he did for a living. Every day they carried him to the temple gate and he begged for money. He's alms, alms for, alms the, poor, for the poor. And then yeah. people would give him money. That's how he made his living. Forty years has this been going on. And everybody in Jerusalem knew him. This was not, this is probably the most recognized guy in Jerusalem. Because so. they That's had to true. go to church. They had to walk past him. And they, he asked them for money. Exactly. So, so this day Peter and John passed by him like they had done who knows how many countless times, only this time they did it full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and so he looked at them and said, alms, alms for the poor. And that's when Peter made that famous, famous statement and said, silver and gold have I none, that's but right. such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he grabbed Spirit him by his right hand and pulled him up. And his ankle bones were strengthened immediately, the Bible says. Wow. And he went running yes. and leaping. And praising, praising the Lord. God. Now that all sounds better in Spanish, by the way. You know, Peter made his famous statement, Plata ni oro no tengo, pero lo que tengo te doy. En el nombre de Jesucristo de Nazaret, levántate yeah. y anda. And he grabbed him by his right hand and pulled him up. Levántate, get up. Get up, get and up. And walk, y anda. And it says, in el fue saltando, brincando y alabando a Dios. He, he went running and leaping, leaping and, praising and praising the Lord. God. And this was such a marvelous miracle, Renee, that everybody in Jerusalem knew it. You can't they hide this it. miracle. No, I mean, everybody in town knows this guy that he's crippled for 40 years. <laughs> no, and so right. the church, weirdly enough and oddly enough and strangely enough, I've never understood why, the no. church wanted to sweep it under the rug. Isn't and the something? city officials wanted to sweep it under the rug. And Shame they got together us. and arrested mm -hmm. Peter and John. And, and then they got together and said, how can we hide this? How can we sweep this under the rug? How can we make sure nobody knows this? You'd have thought that and said, praise God, this man's healed. It's a miracle of God. You'd think they'd put banners up all over the town saying, saying healing crusade. Come here, uh, you know, Reverend Peter and Reverend right, John right. And, and, and Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Bring the sick, bring the afflicted. Yeah. Uh, Jesus will heal My you. Goodness. But they didn't. They didn't want to advertise it. They wanted to hide it. And so they got together and started saying, how can we hide this right and and so in in chapter 4 and verse 13 i love i love this it says uh 
Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John Hallelujah. and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, <laughs> they marveled and they took knowledge wow. of them. They had been with, with Jesus. Jesus. I think you start having My some goodness. miracles. People will say, whoa, right. the, Jesus is here. And uh, verse 14, I love these ne next couple of statements. Verse 14, it says, and beholding the man which was standing with them. That's a sweet word, isn't it? Mm -hmm. He's standing. He never stood in his he's life. Stood now, he's standing. now he's standing. Beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Hallelujah. And now you can't say anything against miracles. No, that's right. You can, tell, right. That, you can tell that guy, hey, God, miracles have passed, passed away. away. Uh, God Sorry. doesn't do miracles anymore. Uh, the day of miracles is over. And he'd that's say, well, right. I don't know about that, but I was crippled and now I'm walking. Yeah, really. You know that no, blind man that Jesus healed, they came to him later, the Pharisees did, and they said, hey, that guy that healed your eyes, uh, he's a bad guy. Right. And the blind man said, well, you know what? I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. I don't know if he's a Republican or a Democrat. I don't know anything about him. I just know that I was blind and, and now, now I, I see. see. <laughs> I've always said this, Renee, that a man or a woman with a testimony right. is always at the advantage of a man or woman with a doctrine. Because you can come tell that blind man, you can come tell that crippled man, hey, miracles don't happen. I don't know about that. But I'm walking and leaping and praising the Lord. I don't Is know about that, that but I was blind and now I see. And then the next verse, verse 16, not the next verse, but the second verse, verse 16 says, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle notable has been miracle. done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. You can't deny no. a miracle. That's what the church needs today is they need blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, cripples walk, cancer's killed. I mean, they need the dead raised. They need the devils cast out. And and that'll draw people to the church. That'll it draw sure people will. to Jesus. It, it always sure has. F.F. Bosworth said back the year I was born, 1950, F.F. Bosworth said miracles are the dinner bell they to are. the world. They'll Absolutely. call, Every time. and I've learned that in my crusades overseas. I've been in, in Muslim lands and Hindu lands and Buddhist lands and, and atheist lands and, 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 and Shinto lands. I mean, I've been in, I've been in all kinds of places around yes, the world. Yes, you have. And, and I know that once miracles start happening, they may not like me at first. They may not want to hear me at first. <laughs> I'm from the wrong country, speak, the wrong, speak the wrong language. Sometimes I'm the wrong color of skin. Right, right. And, and, and they just don't know anything about me. But boy, once God starts doing miracles, miracles opening blind eyes and deaf ears uh all of a sudden they start paying attention and they get saved they get healed they get blessed well it's amazing and i love i love that story there because they said we can say nothing against it and they said and we cannot deny it and that's the big difference you know with peter receiving the holy spirit is that it, it makes you think differently sure and on a higher plane and it certainly when the presence of the Holy Spirit creates an atmosphere for the miraculous. Sure, because sure. it's such a miraculous relationship to have the Spirit of God living in you that brings power no, that's true. and compassion for the world. And before our time runs out here, let me just say this. I'll, I'll, I'll tell this on our, next, uh, on our next program because we don't have time today. But I'll give you a little teaser today. Uh, and, and this was the story that I told when we when we met back in 1974. Right, right, right. Uh, in October of 74, I had this marvelous experience and miracle deliverance testimony from God. Uh, I came to Houston in, in 
from Mexico mm-hmm. uh, at the Thanksgiving convention, and Brother Osteen asked me to get up and tell it. Right. So I got up and told it, and you and Dean heard me tell it, and you said, he's one of us. He's a faith <laughs> guy. He's a word guy. He, we, 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 so we have to talk to him. We were so hungry for fellowship so around came, the you word came of after God service. faith. You came after service, and we met, and I went to y'all's apartment that night and stayed up until 3 o'clock in the morning. Your two little boys and my two little boys. and Everybody was asleep on the floor on the couches and, and their blankets, and we were just sitting in there talking about the Word of God till 3 and o'clock in the morning. And 45 years later, we're still doing and it. And here we are. But anyway, <laughs> what had happened was I had picked up a hitchhiker right. as I was driving through Mexico. Yeah. I thought I'd tell him about Jesus. He pulls a gun on me, sticks right. it in my ribs, grabs my collar like this, sticks the right. gun in my rib, screams at me, I'm going to kill you! Only in Spanish. Te voy a matar! And I said to him, you can't kill me. I'm a man of God. I've got authority over you in the name of Jesus. That's right. And uh, as that testimony went on and it progressed, he got more angry at me and more angry at me and uh, ended up, te- ended up uh, shooting at me five times. Five times. As close, lean back just a little bit, as, as close as we are right now, he shot at me five times. I mean, pow, 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 pow. And the bullets didn't hit me. So Thank I got you, up and Jesus. told that testimony. And you wow. and Dean heard me, uh, and we became friends that day. That's right. but on our next program, I'd like to go into detail with that story. You'll and really that, that, like this. That I'm here, still here, 45 years later. 45 years after, later. And, I, and since then, I've had guns in my forehead, guns in the back of my head, guns in my side, knives in my throat. Whole armies tell me they were going to kill me if I came to preach in, <laughs> in their right. area. I, I've had people try to kill me forever. And, you know, because of the Word of God, God's delivered me and helped me and blessed me. And I want to just continue talking about miracles. Uh, you all join us and stay with us and, and, right. and come back. Uh, I, I don't know what else you've been listening to, but if you can listen to us, we're going to talk to you about faith. We're going to talk to you about miracles. We're going to talk to you about the supernatural. And uh, it's going to help you grow in your Christian life. That's right. Your faith can overcome the world. And we're standing here believing with you in our heart that what you hear from us here on uh, Terry Mize Ministries uh, podcast, whatever we're doing around the world, preaching, teaching, television, video, uh, writing, everything that we're doing is to help you overcome this life. And uh, you can find us at terrymize.com. All of our products and everything are there. And we just are always there 24-7 wanting to remind you that you are more more than than conquerors. conquerors. See you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.